What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody, welcome back. It's the Rasball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am beat on that handsome, handsome gentleman across the way. If you're watching on YouTube, is Gray Albright, the Fantasy Master Lothario himself. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm good, man. Yeah. So uh, for people who are just listening and not watching, you can go to uh, YouTube.com uh, backslash Rasball Fantasy and watch us. Uh, well, I guess. Watch and listen. You know, you wouldn't just watch. It would be weird. It would be weird. Yeah. It would be weird to um, mute the sound and just watch our lips move. But yeah, you can do that though. That is an option on YouTube. If you'd like to uh, just watch us, just watch us. That's, <laughs> that's a, yeah. It's like uh, it's our instead of Bravos. <laughs> watch what happens. It's just watch us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, you know, now that I think about it with our voices, you might want to just watch it. Yeah, it might work out better. Uh, I would also be very interesting to watch, uh, or see what it comes up with when uh, we mispronounce names, just butcher them terribly. That would be, uh, that would be interesting to watch. <laughs> is there a, uh, is there subtitles on the, uh, the YouTube? I don't know if there's on <laughs> ours. I know it's possible. I, I don't know if I turned them on. I think I can actually turn them on to where they'll try and pick up whatever we say. Oh yeah, because I have because uh, for people who don't know, I'm on um, on Fridays. I'm on with Craig Mish. Uh, I'm on uh, TV for I do a segment with Craig Mish uh, every Friday at uh, uh, eight a.m. my time, which is awesome. Uh, Eleven a.m. Eastern. Anyway, um, there, there are uh, captions on there and. Uh, Coog sent it to me the other day, and I was like, it was, whatever I was saying, the captions were like, we have no idea. <laughs> we don't know at all what he's saying. Honestly, this is like, these captions are going to be no help. <laughs> you know who could have used some captions, Gray, is uh, Freddie Freeman and his, his agent. They could have used some captions because uh, clearly some miscommunications. 
I mean, there's like, uh, if there's a like a baseball cart man, he he's just soaking up Freddie Freeman's tears all week during the during that series. I mean, <laughs> what do you what do you think about the the whole Freeman thing, Greg? Oh my god! Well, I, I mean, I got so many thoughts. Like, it, it's actually—I don't know—maybe because I live in Los Angeles, it's actually infuriating what is going on with Freddie Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I I'm from Los Angeles area. Hey, I want to go home. I want to be close to my family." Where'd that go? Where'd that energy go? Now suddenly he's like, oh, he's sobbing at the press conference with the Braves? Like, what, dude? Also, like, who who signed this contract? Was it forged? Because I'm pretty sure he looks at his contract and signs off on everything. Like, where did this come from that, like, oh, yeah, it's my agent's fault for me signing a a $400 million deal with the Dodgers? What? What? How is that? How is that possible that he's able to, like, convince himself that it's his agent's fault for getting him a huge deal with the Dodgers his hometown team, the team he wanted to go to. Like, I honestly, as someone who has had a agent for many years, I never thought I would ever sympathize with an agent. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> it's like, the agents are terrible people. <laughs> I hope my agent isn't listening. No, agents are not good people. They're really terrible. But, I mean, honestly, how is this... The agent's fault. Freeman signed the deal. If he wanted to go with the Braves, he could have gone with the Braves. It would have been very easily. It was gonna be, he could have been like, you know what? I don't even need my I'm, I'm literally able to go and just phone up the owner and be like, hey, guy, what's going on? I'm Freddie Freeman. You might know me. I played first base for your World Series championship. Indeed. Okay. Great. <laughs> Let's move on. Oh my God, man! I I can't honestly. I've never. I'm. I, I only follow baseball, <laughs> so I don't know about other sports. But I've never seen a situation where a guy has gone back. Like you don't go back to your ex crying. <laughs> like what are you doing, man? <laughs> That's guy rule number one, okay? I've never heard anything like this before where he went back to his old team sobbing in a press press conference. Like, he's we're already, like, months into the season. I mean, oh, my God, man. Like, seriously, Fred, Freddie Freeman sucks. <laughs> sucks, bro. Uh, anyway, what do you, what, you have any thoughts on this nonsense? No, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, he signed the deal. He could have easily called up anybody in the Braves front office. You know he has everybody's contact information. He could have called up Alex. Could have called up, like, he probably has, like, Liberty Media's, like, CEO on speed dial. Like, he could have called anybody. Like, he could have called literally anybody to talk about this. And, yeah, so I, I'm i with you. I, I think it's it's pretty much his fault. And now he's complaining. He's he's on a first-place team. <laughs> like, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I know. I know, man. Like, he's really, like... 
he's managed to ostracize himself from the Dodgers. Like, I mean, if I were like, I, I know Kershaw's already said like, uh, it doesn't feel very good. Like, does he not? I want to be here. Like, if I were a Dodger, I'd be like, "What's going on with Freddie Freeman? Like, is he have, is he having a mental break from reality? Like, he's on our team for the next five years. Like, he's not going anywhere. You know? Ah, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's already signed up. He's he's there. I, I don't really know what like. The only time I can think about it, you mentioned like it never happening. Like if it happens, it's because they've been like a player will have literally played his whole career, and then like that last year where he still wants to play, and the team's like, no, we're like we have to move on. That maybe in that that one year, like uh, this isn't in baseball, but like when MJ came back and played for the Wizards, like every time he came to Chicago was a huge deal. But like we knew MJ wasn't. MJ of before and he he was doing it for to help the Wizards you know kind of establish themselves so uh, yeah he has five more years on the deal he he could be playing for a number of years still like after the deal even potentially so I really just don't understand where this is coming from or how this helps anything Um, uh, right yeah no it's just so weird I don't know anyway let's get into fantasy (laughs) yeah let's let's get in go ahead and get into it Uh, let's talk about a a couple of call-ups here let's start with probably the most uh, exciting one of the week and I think one of the last maybe there's a few more but we're starting to run out of like top 15 type of call-ups but Vinny Pasquantino Got the call-off with the Royals in AAA this year. He had 69 games, 18 home runs, three stolen bases. He had 280, 372, 576. It's his number 13 prospect on the most recent update. I mean, power, a little bit of speed, but, I mean, we've been waiting for Vinny called up. This is actually the number three prospect in the Royal system because they've already called up the top two, which is obviously Witt and Melendez. Um, so Vinny is joining them. This is kind of the trio for their future. What do you think of Vinny here? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, if nothing else, they could have Vinny, um, drive the bus with Edward Alvarez back to the minor leagues. (laughs) Just keep going. He can be their designated, uh, bus driver. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, Hey, Hey Vinny, what were you doing? I, 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 you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard for me to not do the Italian when I'm talking about Vinny Pascutino. Hey Vinny, Gabagool, what are you doing? Huh? I, uh, yeah, I, I, I just put in my, Bids. I mean, by the time people listen to this, uh, I don't think people are going to be listening to this for my fab bids. <laughs> but if they are, it, they've already been put in, and uh, I've already either won or lost Vinny Pascadino. Eh? I uh, I put him. You know, I put him. We're going to talk about uh, also Derek Hall after uh, Vinny. Um, but I put in Vinny. He's my top fab bid, uh, probably. Unless someone drops someone, I would guess he's probably going to be the the top prospect bid for the rest of the year. I mean, I like you said, I don't really see that many more prospects coming up. Like at a certain point, we've just depleted the uh, the minor leagues for call ups for this year. I mean, maybe some guys will come up in September, but those are like September call ups, and they're not really going to factor in to this year's. Uh, you know, you, you the the sooner you can get a guy, the more valuable he's going to be. Obviously, so yeah, I mean, with Vinny, 
it's really kind of remarkable how good his contact is. Like he is really like I I mean he's got a sixty grade hit tool, uh, and he's also like you know his strikeout rate at in the at Triple A was twelve point two percent. Like that's really good. And his power is undeniable. I mean, he's got easy power. I was actually, I saw his first homer of uh, his career the other day. I was kind of surprised the ball got out, but I mean, it was a line shot. It was like, I don't know, 20 feet off the ground the whole way. <laughs> yeah. Like it was really, it was a, it was a line drive home run. Like it was like, I don't even know if they counted that as a fly ball. <laughs> like, I don't know if Statcast counted as a fly ball. It was so low. I yeah I mean I would say probably in every league even the shallowest of leagues like who doesn't need power you know so I could see a possibility for maybe 17 15 to 17 homers the rest of the way with like a 270 average which is re- I mean that's really good that's basically I mean I would say that's above I don't know let's see like uh uh, Reese Hoskins, uh, you know, maybe that's above him for average, probably him for uh, for power. I don't know if you're even going to get that from like Jose Abreu. So, I mean, those are really good projections if he can do that. I, uh, you know, maybe that's a little bit optimistic, maybe 15 homers, 265, 260. But still in that range, I mean, that's really that's solid numbers from a rookie. And there's upside from there. So, yeah, I would say in every league. Definitely go out and grab him. Yeah, and I mean he's also do sitting. A, do a, uh, do a, a grab a ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's also sitting in the middle of the lineup. He's hitting four, five, six in the games he's played so far. So you know we're also talking about about a bat on the wire that's inserting into the middle of a lineup, which is just hard to find in in any lineup. So finding a, a cleanup hitter that's not owned. You know that's that's worth it alone. Even if he wasn't, I would say the uh, the one the one guy who I I don't want to compare him to because he's really sucked the life out of me is uh, Spencer Torkelson. <laughs> but Spencer Torkelson's kind of like what I expect from uh, a uh, Vinny Pascadino. I what I expect from him is what kind of what I expect from Spencer Torkelson. So there is some downside here. I don't think you know it's not it's not necessarily clear clear uh, clear sailing, but. I mean, with Vinny, he does have great contact and uh, a solid walk rate every everywhere in the minor. So there's a good chance he's he doesn't bottom out like Torkelson did in his rookie year. You know, anyway, for what that's worth. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I think there's there's a little bit less risk just because, like you said, he doesn't strike out. He he, he takes walks. So just from a value standpoint, that means he's getting on base. He has the potential to score some runs. Um, and then I, I think maybe the part that may not play up completely in this first year is the power because I think he probably gets contact. But I don't know with you know improved MLB pitching and the stuff that he's facing if he's able to put the same kind of power numbers up that we've seen him do in the minors just in this initial kind of – you know, season that he has, um, that would be my, that's what I'm, I'm thinking would be kind of the downside is just that it, it ends up, ends up being a little more, um, I don't want to say Alec Baum because he's, he's not that devoid of power. Alec Baum was always like, Oh, maybe he'll grow. He'll grow into power eventually. Like Vinny, we've seen him hit, hit for power. We know it's there. Um, 
but it you know if he's hitting line drives it's it's going to be hard to clear over the wall and consistently that's yeah that's a fair point because his his launch angle does seem a little flatter than most power bats but yeah i i don't I don't think the the he's gonna be he's gonna bomb. I don't think he's gonna bomb out. Uh, <laughs> pun intended and noted, but I mean, I guess that is possibilities there. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about another prospect call up. Uh, maybe not quite as heralded as as Vinny P here, but uh, Derek Hall got called up by the Phillies. This year in AAA in 72 games, he's hitting 269, 346. 548, 20 home runs, five stolen bases. Um, I mean, he's 26 years old, so he's he's a little bit older for AAA. Um, 21% or 20% K rate and at AAA this year, 9.5% walk rate. So far, when he's been in the lineup, he is sitting in the middle of the lineup for the Phillies. Um, he's hit fourth three times, and then he he hit eighth one time and uh, one at bat as a as a pinch hitter. So I, I don't really even count that one as as far as what we're talking about here. Um, are you also interested in Derek Hall again? Another potential middle order of the bat joining. Yeah, no, I am. I think, uh, you know, Derek Hall, so I, so what I was going to say with my fab beds uh, before, and then I stopped myself because we hadn't gotten to Derek Hall yet. But by the way, Derek Hall, is it just me or do, I, do you want to start singing Yacht Rock every time you say his name? It might, it might just be me, but is Derek Hall going to do a uh, double play combination with John Oates or what? What's going on? Okay, so Derek Hall, my, what I was going to say with fab was like I have uh, Pascatine and Hall, I put them at the same dollar amount for my fab, but I put Pascatino in front. So I wouldn't mind getting either of them. At this point, I kind of need uh, power in the leagues where I'm bidding on them. So it's very specific for me. Uh, you know, it's like maybe your team doesn't need, you know, Derek Hall's much. This is also a deeper league. This is a, I'm talking about 15 team mixed leagues. So, you know, it might be deeper for some people. Or other people might have uh, shallower leagues. Anyway, so Derek Hall, what I think with Derek Hall, I I just don't know because of the age thing. It's just it really trips you up when you see like a guy come up for the first time at 26. You know, you shouldn't. I, I don't know. I mean, it's like uh, you don't want to be ageist. I mean, what is this Hollywood and we're trying to cast an actress? I don't know. I mean, maybe it doesn't matter. But how many guys come up at 26 and really are impact bats like for their career? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even I don't know. I have no idea. But it's rare. And like maybe because he's 26, he's able to have like come up and have like a solid three months in the league and then sort of like disappear a little bit. So that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping he'll come up, hit maybe 15 to 17 homers, uh, you know, have like maybe a 245 average because he doesn't have quite the contact like Pascatino. I think, uh, you know, Hall is a little bit, he's, he's riskier for a batting average. There's a chance he could bottom out and maybe, you know, and maybe that's the reason why he's even benched or demoted. Like Derek Hall has issues. Like he's not without like you know massive issues. Like he's older. He could hit two ten. Like he only really has power. Like there's stuff there that isn't like necessarily great. But 
If he's older, it could also lead to him having like a solid month or six weeks in the majors, which is might be all you really need. Like even in shallower leagues, like you go with a hot bat, you grab him and then, you know, you, you move on to someone else potentially. So I don't mind the flyer on Derek Hall. I don't have as high hopes about him, like, long-term at all. Like, I, I think there could be a chance we could get to next week and be like, Derek Hall just went 0 for 25 and is no longer in the majors. Like, that's, a, that's a real possibility with him. But I, I do like him, and I love Yacht Rock, so let's go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like we said at the start, he's not the level of prospect Vinny is. Um, I will say, on the, on the age side, I, I do think – Especially this year, maybe next year, we need to, or at least I'm thinking there's probably, I'm giving prospects more of a pass on the age because we had the COVID seasons where there weren't minor league seasons. So basically players couldn't get called up unless the team already knew them and like already, or, or they were a top prospect and the team needed kind of that boost. Like they, other prospects weren't getting called up. So like Vinny or uh, Derek Hall's having a great season this year. But like if if he wasn't playing, there was the Phillies would never call him up just because he's not that level of prospect that they would typically make a difference without seeing it on the field first. Um, but yeah, usually the people who make differences later in their career are like guys who make swing changes or change teams, and he really hasn't done any of that. So it is kind of if it wasn't for the COVID thing, it would be weird though. I, I'm in agreement with that, but a little excuse. Yeah, agreed. All right. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Moving on, uh, Robbie Ray, since June 12th, so four starts, he's had 27 innings, 28 Ks, two earned run, He's added a two-seamer to the mix, and the numbers have, have started to look better. He has a pitch that runs, you know, counter to his to his slider. So his four-seamer kind of runs with his with his slider. They both kind of have that same movement. Now the two-seamer works away from it. Are we are we back in on Robbie Ray? Are we back in on the pants? Uh, the uh, it's funny that like the, you you Google Robbie Ray and the first suggestion is uh, pants. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Robbie Ray, the stuff is so dynamic. It's so electric that it just was a matter of him figuring it out. Like it, but I mean, it didn't necessarily mean he was going to figure it out this year because it did take him like five years until last year to figure it out. So there, (laughs) there was, there was 
a, a large chunk of time. It could have took him like a week to figure it out or years to figure it out. So, I mean, he definitely has, you know, there was risk involved, but his stuff does. I mean, he obviously, I mean, his stuff is so good. Like if you see, if you see him pitch, like you're like, okay, yeah. I mean, he can, he should be striking out like 10 plus, K per nine, uh, it's really going to be the command. Like it's going to come down to, uh, it's going to come down to his commands just about like whenever he's, if he's going sideways, it's like, wow, how does he move sideways? Cause those pants are so tight. How is he moving sideways? No, if he goes sideways, it's going to probably be because of his command. And, you know, I, I think uh, he's, you know, like you mentioned, the two-seamer, it's working for him. So he figured that out. I, you know, Seattle is also such a great place for pitchers that it's like it, the the narrative, it was there for him to be really good this year. And he hasn't been really good, obviously, um, no dur. But, I mean, I could see him having a good second half. Like, I could see that. That that potential is there for him because he's always able to throw for a lot of innings. So he's at like ninety-seven and two-thirds as a, as of the recording of this. He could throw another hundred innings. He's like one of the few guys I think in the league who could throw another hundred innings. You're talking about maybe a handful of guys like you know the the Garrett the the Garrett Coles, the Sandy Alcantaras, the Robbie Rays. Like there's not many guys who I would say yeah he will he'll get. Like Robbie Ray, barring something fluky, will get another 15 to 16 starts. Uh, he'll throw like another 100 innings. He could have a 2.75 ERA and a 10 plus K per nine for the second half of the year. Like he's he has that potential. I don't know if he's necessarily going to get there, but yeah, I mean he's one of the few guys who I could see doing that and having like a great run because really like. Seattle, there's very few places you want a pitcher outside of Seattle. Like it's like one, it's a top five park. Like you know, I mean, you just look what it did to Jesse Winker. I mean, Jesse Winker went from a 300 hitter to like now he's like a 220 hitter. So yeah, I mean, I think Robbie Ray could definitely have like a top five starter uh, second half. So yeah, I mean, I would grab him. I. I if you can, like in a trade, obviously he's not going to be available on waivers. But if you can grab him in a trade and you want to do that risk, and you want to take that risk, I can see it. I, I mean, it makes sense to me. I don't necessarily, you know, I don't know what you're trading for him. It depends. Like, I would say, like, if you can trade like a George Springer for him, because I don't really trust Springer to stay on the field. Like, that, that would work for me. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it depends what you're trading, but yeah, I like him. I, I, I do like Robbie Ray still. Okay, okay. Let's um, let me throw a couple pitchers at you, and we'll see where we pit, fit in the pitcher realm here. Uh, would you rather have him or, or Kevin Gosman? Kevin Gosman. Uh, I would go Robbie Ray. All right. How about, right, how about uh, uh, him or Darvish? Him or Darvish. Robbie Ray. And. and... Or him or uh, Kyle Wright? Uh, Robbie Wright. All right. Uh, Dylan Cease? That's a tough one. I think I'm going Dylan Cease, but that's close. That's tough. Uh, Yeah, Cease, I think. Yeah. 
Okay, so I mean, I mean it sounds like he's uh, probably yeah. top fifteen, I mean, top know, ten. Uh, like Cease. Well, what do you think, Cease or Ray? I'm going with Cease. Yeah. I, okay. I just think he's he's. Looks did you agree? With my, did you agree with my other ones? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You can continue to be the uh, podcast host. Okay. <laughs> okay. I appreciate that. I've locked it in for another another week. That's that's great to hear. Another another, another, hey, another twenty minutes. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Brian Reynolds a little bit here, Gray. He had a three homer game this week. Uh, that that helps his season totals. That brings him up to fifteen on the season. He's got three stolen bases. Hitting 257 in June, he's hitting. He hit 333 with eight home runs. Uh, rest of season, like where are we fitting him in among the outfielders? I was always kind of down on Brian Reynolds. I just didn't think the the upside really was there. But with 15 home runs at this point, I mean that makes him on pace for high 20s, low 30s. I mean that's that's reasonable. And if he can, gets the average back up like he has been. Um, I mean, was I wrong, or, or are you kind of maybe using this this June to to sell him and uh, maybe pick up somebody with a little more upside? Uh, I would, you know, I kind of like Brian Reynolds more now than I <laughs> than I did in the preseason. I I didn't like him either, but I didn't like him because I thought he was just like a uh, he was sort of contingent on you know runs and RBIs because of the and the Pirates suck, and then uh, actually the Pirates are kind of hitting a lot of homers this year, but I thought they sucked. So this is this is preseason Gray uh, talking and being wrong. Uh, Brian Reynolds, I was concerned that he was like contingent on our accounting stats and, you know, his average, which I thought was a little bit inflated last year. Actually, I wasn't totally wrong on that. It was a little bit inflated last year. I, I think his Babbitt is probably more in line with where he is now, maybe a little bit higher. Like he's hitting 257 as of the recording of this i think he's probably more like a 275 hitter so he can come up from where he is on average but last year he hit 302 that did feel a little bit high even though he did have another season above 300 but i didn't really buy him as a completely as a 300 plus hitter i mean 280 ish i think on the high side but yeah, not 300. Anyway, I think the power, I mean, I think he's grown into power and he's starting to, uh, you know, he's 27. It's kind of the time when power peaks a little bit for guys. And, uh, you know, he's not hitting a ton more fly balls. But for whatever reason, you know, PNC, the ball's flying out. Uh, the Pirates hit more homers. I believe they hit more homers in June than at any other month in their uh, in their uh, I think outside of one other month they hit more homers in June of this year than any other than except for one other month in their uh, entire history. That's a I mean that, that's a long time because the Pirates have been around forever. <laughs> I uh, you know I think you know I like Brian Reynolds now for like twenty five to twenty seven homers two seventy. He could steal maybe five to seven bags. I mean, that's not bad. Honestly, I, I trust those. And I trust those numbers because he's always sort of stayed on the field. I, you know, I mean, it's hard. It's, you know, what what a guy does with his health last year doesn't necessarily always translate to this year if there's a fluky injury. But he does more or less stay on the field. So I like Brian Reynolds a little bit more than I did, to be honest. I don't love him, but 27, 7, 275 isn't bad. I mean, that's 
that's solid, and that's better than what I thought we were getting uh, coming into the year. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's it's currently on or he's currently on pace for a career high in home runs. Uh, that was that was last year at, at twenty four. So you know if even even if that pace falls off, we kind of take the three home run game for for what it is. But you know he still is likely to break that that career high at home runs. Um, so yeah, I mean I'm with you. I, I've come around on Brian, uh, Brian Reynolds a little bit. You know it just seems like the power he's, he's tapped into a little bit more than I. I thought he would. I would still probably take the under on 20 home runs rest of season. Um, but somewhere around 15 the rest of the way, like he has right now, at, you know, at close to the midpoint in the season, that feels about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. All right. We talked about Darvish quickly in the uh, Robbie Ray comparison, but let's talk about him a little bit more in depth here. It's kind of weird for him a little bit at least where he's pitching really well. The numbers all look great. He's got a 3.53 ERA. He's got a 1-1 whip, 94 innings, 85 Ks, but he's way down in his K rate, 22.4% K rate, 4.7% walk rate, which is great by you know Darvish standards. Uh, so he's getting it done, but it's not really the Darvish that we were building our teams with, thinking we were getting, you know, our typical 30% K-rate guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is like one of the more surprising sort of seasons I, I, that, I've, that I've noticed at least. Like his velocity is up. His walks are way down. I, his walks are so far down. Like you mentioned, I mean, his uh, walk per nine, 1.7, and his K per nine is way down, too. I mean, his K per, na- his K per nine is 8.1. That's crazy for you, Darvish. Like, that is – I don't know. Like, it's just bizarre. And I, I don't know necessarily why exactly, but – I mean, he's doing things that he's never done before, and not necessarily all. It's all good. <laughs> like it's not. That, it's not great. Like to be honest, like his, um, like his fastball. Like I said, mentioned, his velocity is way up. His uh, his O his O swing is up. His Z swing is down. So his O swing is uh, uh, pitches uh, batter swings out outside the strike zone. So pitchers. Uh, so batters are swinging more at balls outside the strike zone. And they're swinging less at balls inside the strike zone. Uh, so it's just like – and they're making more contact with balls inside the strike zone. So they're hitting – so they're able to make contact on his pitches a lot easier, which isn't good, obviously. And <laughs> they're not swinging at pitches uh, – you know, and they're not swinging. Like they're – basically they're re- – like batters seem to be reading him better – and they're able to make good contact on him, but it's not necessarily, you know, it, well, in his last game on Saturday, it did translate to runs. And that's why I was saying, like, I, and in another video on uh, our YouTube channel, you can see me say I, I'm a sell on you, Darvish. Because I do think there's, like, it's not great that his Ks are so far down even though his walks are good, like it's good that he's uh, commanding his pitches well, but I just don't think he is nearly as good as even his ERA right now, which is 3.53, which isn't great. 
I think it's going to come up from that even. Like, I, I, I am concerned about you, Darvish. And I don't know, like, the Ks are so far down that I don't even know what to make of him. And that's kind of like, if you can sell him on name value, I would probably look to be doing that because I, I'm, I'm concerned here. And I don't think it's going to get better. If anything, I think it's going to get worse. Yeah, I mean, all the expected numbers kind of trend in that direction. You know, he's getting a little lucky. Uh, Sierra has him at 371. I will say FIP is with him. It's saying he's a 339 at, at FIP. But, like, if we look at the X, X batting average and X Wobo on his, his pitches and things, uh, it does seem like he's getting, uh, you know, a little bit lucky. I, I mean, I think he is kind of what he is. I don't know if... I don't know if I would say three five rest of season, but you know three five to three seven seems three, or three five to three seven five somewhere in that range is is probably reasonable. Um, I really don't know what's going on in the K rate. I don't. It doesn't really make sense to me in regards to why he he's not getting the strikeouts. It's so it, and honestly, sorry not to interrupt, but it is really so far outside of like understandable information <laughs> it's not like you can't understand this if you say it like you're like you put it in your brain and your brain custard spits out i don't know basically because it doesn't make sense like he's locating his fastball which is he's actually throwing it harder this year and he's locating it better and his strikeouts are way down on it and it's like what <laughs> What? Like, what? You know? Like, it just doesn't make sense. I don't know, man. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and it's not like he's lost movement either. We, You know, like we talked about, I think, last week with, like, Nestor, who he gained a little bit of velocity, but he's lost some of the movement, and that, that's kind of hurt him. But we're, we're talking about Darvish here. He has plenty of movement on all of his pitchers, pitches, and velocity's always been a friend to him you know he just is always pitched better when when his his velocity is up so yeah it's just it's just one of those things where i'm not sure maybe he's placing the fastball better which is inducing more contact but it's also at the same time not allowing him to get into those strike like strikeout counts i know it like especially in his when he was young in his career it seemed like it, that's really all he wanted to do was strike people out so he He'd chase. He'd go to three two constantly, chasing strikeouts, and and I had have to go look in the numbers. But I would wonder if maybe he just doesn't have as many of those those deep counts this year. Yeah, maybe I don't. I don't know. I'll, I'll look into it. And we'll report back uh, for for next week. Yeah. So well. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about Christian Walker. I mean, he's just been on a a tear this year. He has twenty one home runs. Uh, 40 runs, 42 RBIs. He's actually a sub 20% K rate. A he's above a 12% walk rate. However, he's hitting 206 gray. His his on base is 312, which for a 12% walk rate, when you hit 206, it's uh, you know not great. What do you think about here, Christian Walker? Is he going to continue this, or is is this like a Gallo situation or a Sano situation where like when it's on, it's he's he's hitting, and we need to be worried? What what are you doing here? Yeah, I mean, he's another guy who's just massively confusing because, like you said, I mean, his, uh, I mean, he, he's striking out less this year, but he's not making any contact. But when he makes contact, it's really good. <laughs> it's really, it's excellent contact, but he's not making it is fair, you know, not nearly enough. Um, 
I think he could get better, you know, because he is hitting the ball really well and he's not striking out. So you would think rather than the average bottom, bottoming out, I would imagine it comes up like, you know, his expected batting average is actually really good. It's 274. I, I don't know if it's going to get anywhere near that, but you would think because he's a 240 hitter in his career with a much higher strikeout rate. So you would think if he's lowered his strikeout rate, raised his walk rate, hitting the ball really hard, you would guess the average would come up. Like that's like, you know, it's like, it's not rocket science. I mean, you would imagine that he'd start hitting for a better average. And if he hits for a better average and continues hitting the ball out, that's good. <laughs> that's, you know, I mean, I think, uh, I think there's a chance here that Christian Walker, I mean, the career year is definitely within his sights for sure. And that's, you know, not to, uh, you know, honestly, you know, I think people will probably be like, well, isn't he already have a career year? But he did have a year where he hit 29 homers, stole eight bags and hit uh, 260. So, I mean, the career year, it's within his sights, though. I mean, he can I think he could hit 35 homers and get his average up to 240 which is like 260 plus the rest of the way. I mean, it's good. I think Christian Walker's, I think he's better than people really are giving him credit for. Cause I know like in a lot of, uh, a lot of the comments I get on the site, Christian Walker's always sort of the last man on the team. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> it's like, Oh, should I drop Christian Walker for Vinny Pascatino? And it's like, well, you know, it's like, bird in the hand kind of I mean you already have Vinny I mean okay Vinny should hit for a better average but I mean Christian Walker's doing well right I mean yeah I don't know I like I like Christian Walker probably I don't know maybe more than most but yeah I think he could even be better at least as far as average you know the power is there and it's been there all year and it's going to stay there but I think the average could even come up yeah, I mean, you're right. When he hits the ball right now, he's just destroying it. He has a career-high barrel rate, 46% hard hit rate, second-best average exit velocity of his career. Um, but he's also lifting the ball, I think, a little too much. He has, he has I believe, the, the highest uh, launch angle of his career as well. He has a 48% fly ball rate, a 38% ground ball rate, and just a 14% line drive rate. So when you have that big split between fly ball, ground ball, and that's all you're kind of hitting, ground balls are kind of, you know, just being pulled to shortstop and third base into all the, um, you know, in the shifts nowadays. So, I mean, I, I, I'm with you that the average, you know, he's gotten, he's gotten a little unlucky here, certainly. Um, but I think for him to really get the average to kind of what we've seen in the past, that launch angle is going to have to come down at least a little bit so he can he can hit some more line drives rather than everything literally being a fly ball or a ground ball. Just like it needs something in between. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's talk about uh, Tony Gonsolin. Uh, we talked about a little bit last week when we were talking about some comparisons, but let's really kind of talk about him specifically. I mean... Cy Young, Cy Fake, what are we doing here with Tony G? He's got 15 games, 81 and two-thirds innings pitched, 77 strikeouts, a 1.54 ERA, 0.82 whip, a 25% K rate, a 7.5 walk rate, 
I mean, really, if anything, the break on his pitches have been less. Maybe that's kind of tightened things up, and he's he, the walks are certainly down from what we've seen from him in the past. But like, I don't really have an explanation for why he's he's all of a sudden become this pitcher. Gray, are you buying the new and improved Tony, or are you selling at career high prices? Yeah, no, I, I, he's got he's uh, definitely a sell. Gone, gone selling. Huh? <laughs> Gone selling? Ah! I, uh, you know, I've been saying he's gonna get, he's gonna regress at some point. I, I really think it's gonna happen eventually. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it'll just be like this whole year. He'll have a one point five ERA, and then next year I'll finally draft him, and it'll end up blowing up and having like a six ERA. And I'll be like, there, there's the regression finally when I have him on my team. Yeah, no, I I liked Tony Gosling coming into the year. You know, I thought he was going to be – it was bizarre because it was like in the uh, in the preseason, I think I mentioned this, like in 2021, everyone loved Tony Gosling because it looked like he was going to get a spot in the rotation. And then he didn't, and people backed off, and then he ended up getting like – I think it was like 12 starts or – no, he got 13 starts last year, and he pitched really well last year. And this year in the preseason, no one cared about Gosling, and it didn't make any sense to me. I was like, you know, he's actually in the rotation now, and you everyone liked him last year. Why don't you? Why don't people like him this year? Like, I liked Gosling a lot. I think I, I actually, I do have him on a couple teams. Uh, the teams I have Gosling on are doing well. Uh, the teams I have Jose Barrios on not doing well. I uh, thankfully I don't think I have them both on the same team. Uh, yeah, because then they would cancel each other out, and I'd just be in the middle of the league. Uh, anyway, I think Gosling was a guy I liked. You know, he was a guy I liked. I I really was like draft him everywhere. Like, please do it, do it. <laughs> but now. I'm like, is this insane? I mean, he's not a 1.54 ERA guy. I mean, he's not even a 3.5 ERA guy. Like, you know, I his K's are down from last year. He's probably not going to be able to even throw like another. I I would put him at like an over under of like 50 innings. Like, if you're not selling, you're crazy. Like, this is honestly, I thought the peak. For Gosling, like I, I lay my cards on the table. I thought Gosling, or I guess with Gosling, I, I lay my cats out on the table because I, I think he's got a thing with cats. Anyway, I lay my cards on the table with Gosling. I'll say, like, I thought his peak was last month at this, like, the beginning of uh, June. Now he's still doing it, but at some point it's going to come on. I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's not this good. I mean, he's good. But not this good. Come on. Yeah, I, I I think I'm with you there, Gray. I mean, he's definitely not this good. Uh, and I would be selling if you can convince somebody that he is or that he's, you know, now joined the, the ranks of the elite pitchers. Uh, I, if I take his Sierra, Sierra of 3-7, Gray, and stick that as his over-under rest of season, where are you? 
Yeah, that's out. Uh, I'll say under, but barely. I'll say 3.55 for rest of the season. I mean, it's fine. That's. I think if we were, if it was, suddenly you transported me to March of next year, I think Gosling's projections are going to have him around like 3.55. Like, he's, that's the kind of pitcher he is. He's like a, he's, he's good, but I mean, come on. He's not this good. Yeah, he has yeah. a 91% left on base. Right now, he has a 186 BABIP, so getting a little lucky here. Uh, you know, that can certainly carry through for a full season. You, you get the pitcher who's just on a roll, and, and they can carry those numbers, but I just don't believe that, that Tony's that guy. Like, Robbie Ray did it, but Robbie Ray's stuff is nasty, so, like, you can believe in such a high left on base, whereas Tony's is, is good, but not not on that level, at least in my mind. So, yeah, uh, we've we've gotten a peek at O'Neill Cruz. He's finally made Pirates games watchable, as well as I mean, definitely put a little bit of spark in the team. And and as you mentioned, they were kind of hitting already in in June. I just wanted to have first thoughts on O'Neill Cruz. I mean, he's super exciting. We've seen the throws. We've seen you know the home run that was just like lit. He was just rocket out. It was a, it was a line drive, like you said before when we were talking. Um, about uh, uh, was it Vinny? Yeah, Vinny. Like it was kind of like that. He just ripped it, ripped it over the wall. What are your first thoughts on O'Neill Cruz? Are you all in? Are you potentially capitalizing on just like how great he he's getting talked up right now? What are you doing in, in your leagues, Jerry? Yeah, I think uh, you know anyone who's uh, not. 100% sold on O'Neill Cruz. I think it's a matter of whether or not they've actually watched him. I mean, if you watch him, you're like, this guy's a this guy's a superstar. I mean, he is so fun to watch, like you mentioned, but also just like the amount of power he generates in his, uh, you know, seven foot five inch frame, like <laughs> it's just like crazy. Like he's he's like, I mean a lanky Aaron judge. Like, it's just like the, like the amount of power he's able to generate on just like a super easy swing. Like, Oh my God, he's so beautiful. I mean, he's no, uh, Jack Slowinski, of course. <laughs> you know the uh, the Pirates. Which we should put bets on which random Pirates going to have three homers this week. I'll say Josh Van Meter. Uh, you know, I I think O'Neill Cruz. Honestly, it's like the only difference between him and like I, I mean him and like Tatis or like Acuna or like like you see O'Neill Cruz and you're like this guy is going to be a top like. 20 overall uh, fantasy guy real soon, like real quick. Like it's going to get there. I don't know if, uh, you know, unfortunately he strikes out a lot. So his average isn't going to be quite so good, but if he can start making better contact and it did, it took him a, a bit in the minors, but eventually he did start making better contact. And if he can get his strikeout rate down to like 22%, which I think he can do in the majors eventually, maybe not this year, but and maybe next year, like maybe in the second half of next year, at some point it's going to happen. And once that happens, he's going to be like, he's going to be a superstar. He's going to be like a 35 homer, 15 steel, 265, 270 hitter. And it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be really nice. Uh, 
I and that's in PNC, which you know, outside of uh, this recent Pirates crew, isn't usually an easy place to hit a, a homer. But yeah, I think O'Neill Cruz is going to be a superstar, man. Like watching him, it's impressive and. Honestly, on defense, even like who who cares about defense as a fancy baseball person? Like I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about defense at all. I don't even know where some players play. People will be like, "Oh, what do you think about Reese Hoskins' defense?" I'm like, "Where does he play?" I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about Reese Hoskins so much this show too. But anyway, O'Neill Cruz, like on defense, even it's like, oh my god. Throwing 98-mile-per-hour bullets to first base? Like, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I'm like, I sound like Joe Biden. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, he uh, looks yeah, amazing anyway. so far. Uh, I'm a little, little bit of <clears throat> seller's regret. Uh, I, I sold him to the itch. Uh, I also bought him in another league, so I, I, I would still have his share. Um, but, yes, uh, he, he looks great. The tools are all there. It's just a matter of when he puts them all together. I mean, if you got a really good offer for him right now in a redraft league, I have no problem going ahead and move him because there are going to be some growing concerns. I don't even, yeah, I, I forget. I want to say someone who, uh, someone in my keeper league, I have O'Neill Cruz for a dollar. And someone in my keeper league sent me a trade this week uh, for a non-keeper Matt Olson for a dollar O'Neill Cruz. And I didn't even, like, I didn't even <laughs> give him the respect of giving a reason why I was declining it. I was like, yeah out of here bro like we're not even honestly we're barely friends now because of that like don't even don't bring that into my house bro i don't like it oh <laughs> uh, yeah i mean in keeper league when there's when there's rules on when you what you can keep and and when that's that's uh that's gonna be a tough tough sell there good good call i think um uh, let's let, let, let me throw a few names at you real quick gray and, and let's see where we are rest of season him or Carlos Correa oh O'Neill Cruz yeah I don't like Carlos Correa uh, <laughs> I, don't, I just don't I don't think Carlos Correa Carlos Correa brings name value but I don't think he brings that much for fantasy I mean he's like a 22 homer 270 two, yeah, 275 hitter uh, over you know with no speed for uh, over the course of 162. Uh, so the rest of the year, maybe Carlos Correa is like 12 homer, no steals, 270. I mean, who cares? I, it's nothing. That does nothing for me. All right. How about um, how about the, the, the red hot Tommy Edmund? <laughs> I go I go Edmund. I thought you were about to say John India. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna immediately fire you. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna be the end. If you would have said Jonathan India, it would have been over. <laughs> would have had somebody else introduce him next week. I'm going Edmund still because he's got some power, he's got great speed. Good average, um, top of the Cardinals lineup. Edmonds, I, I think Edmonds, for real, a uh, top thirty overall guy right now. So yeah, I'm going. All right, let me let me ask you him or Bobby Witt. Ah oh, man, I, I, I got to go Bobby Witt just because he's got a little bit more uh, under his belt and uh, a little, you know, just a little bit more experience. He's already shown that he's adjusted to MLB pitching, and yeah, I, I just got to go Bobby Witt. But I, I still, 
you know, there's no offense to O'Neill Cruz. I think these guys, like Bobby Wood, I think is a legit top 50 guy. So, yeah, I mean, that's nothing against O'Neill Cruz, really. Right. One last one, Gray. Marcus Simeon. Uh, yeah, uh, I'd probably go Simeon. I mean, Simeon's actually, I think Simeon's hitting 290 over the course of the last month. He's come around a bit. He's he's looking better. So I'm going to go Marcus Simeon. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a little bit closer, though, I think. Yeah, but I'm going to go Simeon. Are you, do you agree with this? Yes, I do. Uh, I, I think... I think Simeon might be close, just but Simeon's running so much right now this season. Uh, I think it, it's worth it just to go ahead and hold him. And as you mentioned, he hit 287 in June with seven home runs and six stolen bases. So uh, while it may be kind of a a sell high point on Marcus Simeon, uh, I still think he's probably just safer at least than O'Neill Cruz. Now if Simeon's like your your bench utility bat or whatever. Then, then I don't have a problem, you know, making that swap and seeing if O'Neill Cruz just just pops potentially. But yeah, I think it's Simeon. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's, let's go ahead and do our, our usual bullpen and waivers to end up here, Gray. Uh, what do you got on the bullpen side for everybody out there looking for saves? Kenley Jansen, I, I think uh, people uh, in the comments on Rasball they uh, they misinterpret um, the size of my brain sometimes they're like oh great great knows medical stuff he's smart he knows he's a doc he's essentially a doctor because he knows what like you know a baseball player uh, projections are so <laughs> I, I assume Gray's a doctor so Kenley Jansen uh, when's he coming back that's what people ask me and I'm like I don't know man I don't know when Kenley Jansen's coming back he could come back like within like a week or or you could come back like next year. I don't know. I mean, I, honestly, I have no clue. I, I would assume he comes back like, you know, at last time this was like a pretty big issue for him. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I hope he comes back soon, but I can't say when. I, I, you know, and then so in his uh, stead, you got uh, Will Smith and Minter. I think uh, I think it's in that order. I like Minter a lot, but, you know, like Will Smith has, they have, you know, Snicker used Smith before as a closer. I, I mean, I honestly, I'm, I think Minter is worth uh, rostering just because he's been so good, but I, I really think Will Smith is the guy there. Um, and then, so then in the, in the Yankees, uh, Araldus came back and he looks like garbage still. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. I, I honestly, I, I feel like Araldus, Something's like something's disconnected. Like I don't know. Like he should be a shutdown closer, but I, I think like maybe it's a mental thing. I don't know. Like I don't even buy the whole Achilles tendonitis thing. The reason why he was out for a month. I think I think something's wrong. Like I think he's got the yips or something. I don't know. But Clay Holmes has been great. He will continue to be great. I think as long as you know he's pitching. He should be rostered everywhere. Whether or not Araldis gets a save or two, like Clay Holmes has been worth having on your team. So just continue rostering Clay Holmes. And at this point, I actually have Araldis in one league, and I, you know, I had to activate him. I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna activate him for this week. I didn't activate him last week, obviously. Why would I? But I act, I gotta activate him for this week, and then I'm just gonna bench him until, you know, I feel like. He's going to get IL'd again before he gets 
like more than three saves. Like I, I, that's what I feel like it's coming. That, that's where it's headed. Um, I would say, uh, I would say hold on to him for now. Araldus that is, but I wouldn't expect too much. Uh, and Hendricks is supposed to come back. Graveman's also like I put Graveman in the same category as Minter and Holmes, where like even if Graveman isn't getting saves, you can hold on. Every league you can roster Graveman and get good stats and the occasional save and the occasional win. So Graveman you can hold on to whether or not Hendricks comes back healthy or not. Uh, you know, and then and then there's also the mess in Oakland, but I don't even, you know, I guess Trevino, I guess Trevino, I don't know. Who cares? Yeah, it's gross. Um, I guess AJ Puck is is the guy you want for the, r- the ratios and the numbers. Trevino, if you're strictly chasing the saves, because it seems like they're leaning into Trevino, probably trying to build up his his his, his value so they can ship out. Um, but he's locked down. You know, his opportunities so far, despite the numbers looking hideous on the season. Right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, run through some waiver wire, guys, real quick before we get out of here. Gray, who you got for everybody? Uh, okay, so um, there's – Ryan McMahon's been uh, hot. Uh, you know, actually, uh, Cole Calhoun, he gets – sometimes he goes on a bender. He gets so hot that it's like, oh, man, you get you, get, you grab Cole Calhoun for like a week – and then drop him for three weeks. And then, you know, it's like he's one week hot, three weeks cold. Uh, go with Cole Calhoun right now, though. He's been really hot. Uh, Jose Miranda, I think, hit a walk-off the other day. Uh, walk-off, just a single. But still, he's been hot in general. Um, I was, It was funny. I was looking at – I was um, sorting for Fab. I was looking for guys who are, who had the most homers last week. Uh, who were on waivers. This was for a 15-team league, and it was like uh, Derek Hall was one guy. Um, obviously, Michael Perez was another guy. Uh, and then there was Nick Gordon, <laughs> the, uh, the, the uh, you know, the big power hitter there, Nick Gordon. <laughs> He's like, it's like his brother's now uh, D. Gordon Strange, and uh, it's uh, Nick Gordon Strong. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, his power is not going to continue, but he has been hitting for some, you know, he has been hitting in general. Uh, Hunter Dozier has been uh, hot, and then um, – you know, the old uh, Evan Longoria, uh, you know, where where is Evan Longoria gone since he left Tampa? But, yeah, he's he's been hitting r- relatively well. So, yeah, I would look at him, too. All right, nice. Uh, I think uh, James Capriellen, Josh Winkowski, and Keegan Thompson are a few names on the pitching side if you're just looking get, for guys um, on, the, on the wire. Pitching's always a little thin. So that one's a little bit more – Matchup specific, go go check the Streaminator if you really need for this week. Specifically for prospects, uh, we mentioned kind of uh, we're starting to run out of, you know, the, the difference makers. I, I think a couple of them that could could be coming up are Corbin Carroll and Max Meyer. Uh, they've both been just looking great this year. Max Meyer's been dealing with an injury, but if he gets healthy and, and they need a pitcher, Meyer could be up. Corbin Carroll looks amazing uh, so far this year, and I mean, there's really nothing holding him back other than service time for the Diamondbacks. You know, that's that's really the biggest hindrance. 
Right. Yeah, no, completely. I agree. I actually, Corbin Carroll was a guy who uh, I, I think in deeper leagues, grab him now for like a dollar because he's going to come up. And, and if he's still on waivers when he comes up, he's probably going to be like a huge grab for fab. So if you can grab him now, um, and that's grab with two A's because I'm talking about fab. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, but yeah, Corbin Carroll, definitely. You know, uh, look for him now versus when he's called up because when he gets called up, he's going to be more expensive. Yeah, he's going to be that guy that everybody spends like the remaining fab on for the rest of the year and, you know, bit, gets zero and dollar bids out the rest of the way because he's worth it. He's He looks amazing. He's climb to the itch's number one spot in his prospect rankings and i imagine uh if he doesn't get called up this year he will be almost universally number one next year as we have a bunch of those top guys kind of graduating out of the prospect realm this year so corbin carroll looks amazing but yeah i would expect him coming up this year even though the diamondbacks i'm sure would love to work his service time he's really pushing their hand right now he's got 1600 home runs, 20 stolen bases. He's hitting 313, 430, 643 in the minors. He's, he's got a 15% walk rate. Like, it's it's ridiculous. He's he's. I almost wonder, uh, sorry, not to interrupt, but I almost wonder if uh, Corbin Carroll, and I, I know we have to wrap up here, but I wonder if, uh, because there's that now, there's that new rule where, like, if you have a guy start the year and he wins the rookie of the year, you get extra draft picks. I wonder if that's almost playing against like Corbin Carroll now, because like if they call him up now, it's too late in the year. He's going to run out of rookie eligibility and he's also too late in the year to win the rookie of the year. So it's like, I wonder if that's almost playing against him now. Mm, I don't know. That's a, that's more of a, uh, a deep yeah, thought I, I, from Gray yeah, Albright. <laughs> I, I think it's okay because essentially if he had started the season, they'd essentially get the same control they do after Super 2, which has already passed. So I, right. I think now it's yeah. kind of the same as if they had started him. But to your point, if they start him next year at the very beginning of the season, then they don't have to worry about Super 2 and everything. They can... And they also, if he wins Rookie of the Year next year, then they get an extra pick or some yeah, nonsense. There's an additional so, benefit to it. It doesn't right, come with Super yeah. year. Right. Hmm. Well, it leaves, it leaves uh, listeners or viewers with something to ponder as they head into the week ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so we're all hoping the Diamondbacks miraculously get on a streak, and uh, that way they can call up Corbin Carroll and, uh, you know, actually – get into that get into seeing him play uh likely he'll go spend some time in triple a before getting the call up but we'll have to wait and see anything else for the listeners gray uh lates What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co. 